Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. The disciple maker, I can attest to the fact that he's a disciple maker. Many, many children has come out of him. He continues to, to bear many, many more children. As you avail your ears to his word, may you become a child. May you prosper. May you go forward. May the word come to renew your life. Let's make a joyful noise and welcome the ministry of Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Amen. 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 Let us pray. Our loving Father, thank you so much for appointing for this time for us to gather one more time to hear your holy precious words. We pray that our lives will be shaped and our vision of life will be shaped by these words. That we will grow in the wisdom from heaven. The wisdom we need to survive and be effective at what you have called us to accomplish in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Beautiful. You're all welcome. Thank you. Amen. So we are going to continue um, on the series we started last week from the book um, What It Means to Be uh, Wise as Serpent. So the chapter one is entitled The Wisdom of serpents, which is the which is the series, the title for the series, the wisdom of serpents. Amen. Last week, we talked about how it it is a bit unusual for for Jesus to use um, an analogy of something that is not really a friend of mankind. Mm. You know, a serpent, a snake. If somebody calls you a snake, mm. I don't think mm. that is a compliment. No. No. So, a snake has all kinds of things associated with it. Mm. But then Jesus said we should be wise as serpents, mm. which also tells you that sometimes there are some things even about your enemy that you can learn. That your yeah. enemy is, is um, using certain methods. That is why they are succeeding. So, in this series, we are actually kind of ignoring the fact that the serpent is a bad animal. We are focusing on the good attributes or the wisdom that um, Jesus implied. So um, seven reasons why serpents are considered wise. We started, we probably went through all that, but I want to go over some things. Amen. 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 So um, the passage this happened, the passage where Jesus was speaking is actually Matthew chapter 10. So I think we'll do ourselves a favor by reading that passage so that we see this scripture in its context. Matthew chapter 10, starting from verse 1. I may jump around, but just so we know where this scripture came from. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power 
over unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Libius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Verse 5. These Jesus sent out, these 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Don't go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belt, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor stars, for a worker is worthy of his food. So he's implying you'll be taken care of as you go do the work. Verse 11. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. All these verses can be a, a message on itself. <laughs> like a certain aura and authority and power have been given to the disciples of Jesus. And they can choose where they can proclaim and release peace. Mm. And they, if you disturb them, he said, let your peace return to you. If their peace returns to, to, to them, it means that that town trouble for them. Mm. It is painting a picture of a people that have been sent with some authority and power for Jesus to make those statements. And just in case you are thinking, well, those were the 12 disciples. So this instruction doesn't concern you. If you think like that, then you cannot claim certain other verses that Jesus spoke to the disciples. So for instance, when he said, whatever you ask in my name, it will be done unto you. You are not there. You are not born. How come you can claim that verse? That, you know, your prayers are going to be answered based on calling on the name of Jesus. When you, when you, speaking, you are not there. You just got the tape. You just got the podcast from Peter and Paul and the others. And you listen to it and you say, oh, I can include myself in this verse. But then when it's talking about other things, you say, oh, this one there is for the, is for the, uh, the 12 who are following Jesus. So you see how sometimes we change things to suit um you know, to, to, to suit what will favor us. Yeah. Sometimes mm. when you watch children, it's amazing. Especially the, the one who is a little bit older. Uh, sometimes you can watch how they change the rules of the game <laughs> to, to suit them. And, and, and you know, the just moment ago, somebody, the, the, the junior one would have won, but at that time, the rule was not in effect. They did it all the, all the time. I can tell you from experience because I, I'm a second boy after <laughs> after <laughs> one boy before me. <laughs> anyway, 
um, verse number uh, 14. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Mm. That means that the judgment is not going to be the same for everybody. There's degrees of judgment. Mm. Sodom and Gomorrah are going to receive a lighter judgment than the people who reject the message of Christ. Wow. That's the, what Jesus is saying here. 16. And you may think that Sodom and Gomorrah have already been judged. Well, that was a physical judgment. The spiritual one is also coming. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> let me move on. Verse 16. This is the verse that we are referring to. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And then he goes on to talk about how that they are going to enter uh, synagogues, but they will be brought before governors. But understand that being wise as serpents and harmless as doves, it is in the context of the apostolic commission. We mentioned that last week, and I want to emphasize that, that it is as he is sending them, that he's telling them that you should be wise as serpents. So if you are not part of the sent company, the company who acknowledge that they have been sent, mm. that this message is not very relevant for you. Mm. Do you know that there are people in the world who actually organize leadership courses using the Bible? That there are a lot of good leadership lessons you can gather from the Bible, but they don't talk about the cross. Because I don't think any leadership class that signs up for you're going to die and bleed and stuff. People will attend that leadership class. Mm -hmm. So, so when, <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are even unbelievers who take a lot of principles from the Bible, the teachings of Jesus, um, and they make a whole a series of courses over it. And so you can use the Bible as a, what do you call it? Life improvement book. You can use it as a self-improvement book. You know, like if you go to Barnes and Noble, there's a session for self-improvement books. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Look, we need self-improvement. But what I'm saying is that for you and for me to be wise as serpents, the first and foremost and primary application is how we are going to conduct ourselves as disciples of Jesus who have been sent into an evil world that does not want us. Mm. Who have been sent into an evil world that will prefer that we don't even preach the gospel. We'll prefer that the word of God does not exist so that the world will be free, that they can do their things without feeling guilty. Do you know, do you know that... Um, the existence of the church somehow makes people feel guilty. Mm. A friend of mine, his, his friends told him, look, when we see you, we, we remember our sins. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Another time, he went, he went for an all night, and when he came back, the, the student um, hostel, they had locked 
the place and the, and the, and the porter was asleep. They didn't let him in. So he had to go to uh, another place to spend, you know, kind of catch some hours. When he went there, uh, his friends, uh, were some were studying and stuff. And so his good friend was studying, so he slept on his friend's bed. As he was trying to sleep, he heard people talking pornography, all kinds of things. Okay. What, and then one of, when somebody entered and said, look, the guy, he may be asleep, but he's probably not deeply asleep. So at least for his sake, oh. let's wait till, uh, we know that by uh, 8 a.m. he'll be up and gone. Then we can change and come back to our normal way of speaking. Yeah. You see? Yeah. So, so, and then I myself, there have been times that um, like you are going somewhere but it looks like people change the way they are conducting themselves just because of you. True. You see? True. And so, and I remember when we were, we were in high school when people used to fool around a lot. People, one day people were fooling and making all kinds of noise. And then as the, the, the one, tutor, one teacher was coming, somebody stood at the entrance, you know, like he wanted to peep at the door and then on the veranda, he, he saw that the teacher was coming. So he shouted, oh, boy, which means he's coming. He's coming. <laughs> so when the teacher, when the teacher entered and then he was saying, oh, boy, he was caught in the middle. Mm. And then he changed. He said, although, although. <laughs> although, I was saying, although. That's a good one. That's a good and one. the teacher said, although what? <laughs> so, you see, so, so you see that. The world, the world as we know it, doesn't want us here because, because of us, they cannot do certain things. Mm. And you and I need to know that even though we are in the world, we are not part of the world. Man. And that distinction is very important that we have been sent to the world. Jesus prayed in John 17, he said, he said I am not praying that you take them out of the world but that, that they will be preserved in this evil world. So it's like it's like a very complex balancing act, Brother James, that we need to, we need to do. It's a very complex balancing act. On the one hand, how can you reach out to the world if you don't associate with them? Do you get it? Yeah. But on the other hand, if you forget that you are not one of them and you just join them, and you forget that you are actually in a bus. I always give you this example because it's a good example. You are in a Greyhound bus from here to where? Where do I always give the example? Those of you have heard my preaching for a while. <laughs> Traveling from Ohio to where? To New York. <laughs> That's always the example I use. Okay? And the Greyhound bus stops at Philadelphia. Okay. That for people to go out and eat. Do you get it? You cut, cut some cut some breakfast and then they and then there's a time that you're supposed to return. It's not forever because the bus is on a journey to a destination. Yeah. So as you go to the bar, I don't know whether they have bars in Philadelphia, but when I say bar, I don't mean drinking bar. I'm thinking the chop bars on the way Kumasi Road. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, you go to the restaurant and you meet. You meet an old high school classmate that you have not seen, you know, since whenever you finish high school. Okay. Yeah. And then you strike a conversation. As you are talking, 
Then the person tells you, you know what? My house is actually not far from here. I think I want to show you my house. Do you get it? Yeah. And then after mm -hmm. eating, you join this person to take a subway train to go and see the person's house. What do, what do you think is going to happen to you? By the time you are back, yeah. what do you think would have happened? The bus would have left you. The bus would have left you. So, so you meet your friend, you meet somebody, or maybe it's not a, a friend you meet. Maybe some high school people are doing a matching band. Uh, uh, what do you call it? And you go, you go and stand there and watch. Do you get it? Maybe you are into <laughs> into band into music, and, and and so you see, we are talking about distractions, right? There's nothing wrong to go and watch the matching band. There's nothing wrong with talking with your friend. But you have to revert back to base and mm. revert back to the destination of the bus that is taking you to your destination. Now, you and I, as believers, must always keep this at the forefront of our mind. Because the Bible says that in whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink, in fact, Apostle Paul, he was amazing. You know? He said, whether you eat or drink any, whatsoever you do, do it to the glory of God. Amen. I mean, eating and drinking is just so basic that even there's a way you should eat and there's a way you should drink, you should do it to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and yes. all his righteousness. And all other things shall be added unto you. Now, why am I emphasizing this? You will discover that when you make the mission of Christ, when you make the fact that you have been sent as a disciple to the world, and then as you are thinking about the wisdom of the serpent, you are thinking about how the serpent conducted itself and has been successful. When you make that at the forefront of your mind, you will discover that the same skills, the same benefits that would accrue to you as a, a Christian living in the 21st century and as, a, as, a, as a someone who accomplishes things for God, you will see that you will begin to apply it to your normal everyday life. Like the benefits Amen. of the wisdom of the serpent, which I am saying we must start with the mission of Christ and the fact that we have been sent as sent ones to an evil generation. When you make that your preoccupation, it will begin to translate into all areas of your life. Because you see, you are the same person. The skills, the way you look at life, everything will begin to affect you. And affect Amen. even your marriage will improve. Do you get mm. it? The type of quarrels you have will, will, will improve. Because there are different types of quarrels. Amen. Amen. There are different types of marital quarrels, believe it or not. Yeah. Somebody is quarreling about uh, cobwebs in the house. Yeah. Do you get it? And saying that he's going to divorce his wife because of cobwebs. Meanwhile, he also he has shoulders. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> Somebody is complaining about not enough salt in the food. Somebody is complaining about not enough uh, pepper. Yeah. Meanwhile, other couples are quarreling over which church member to visit or to call. Hey. And you mm. promise wow. to call this one. Have you called them? Wow. When your quarrels get to that level, it means that you are, you are promoted. Amen. Amen. <laughs> As for the quarrels, they will come. But make sure it's a good quarrel. Amen. 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 Are you listening to me? Yes. Yes. 
So, being wise as serpents. Now, there's seven reasons, or, or seven, uh, yeah, seven reasons why serpents are considered wise. We went over it, but I, I will go over it again. Serpents are considered wise because they have multiplied and flourished more than any other animal. That's reason number one. So if you apply this to the Christian commission, if you apply this to your life as, as um, you know, a goal or as, as, as something that is expected of you, that it means that you should look for ways to multiply and flourish. Amen. And, and, and it is in comparison with other wild animals. Other wild animals are also there. But somehow, the serpent has managed to, 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 to multiply and flourish. Now, point number seven, it says, because today I was reading it and I, I decided to categorize things. You see, one of the things that will help you memorize and understand phenomena, understand things, is that if you can place them in groups, you see, this is good for the students. Yeah. If you can say, okay, there are seven points, but these two look alike. These two look alike. So, so the first one is, is a basic form, basic uh, uh, benefit of reason. Multiplication and flourishing is the wisdom of the serpent leads to multiplication and flourishing. And then number seven says the, 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 the serpent is able to accomplish their goals. So, in other words, the serpent has goals, right? Mm. The, the serpent is considered wise because they have a wisdom that allows them to accomplish their goals. So, now let's start with a Christian mission. I mean, as a believer and as a Christian, you've got to have some goals. Mm -hmm. If you have no goals, then you have not even started. But now we are hearing that the serpent has goals. The, the, the serpent's goal of course, is to survive, to find food to eat, to be able to uh, live without being killed. That's a goal. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. To be able to outwit, the, outwit whoever is seeking to kill it. Right. Do you see? Yep. So you, your life as a Christian, like, you know, the thing about a serpent is that it is always in hiding. Your, your, your Christian life Sometimes the way you survive is not by being loud. Okay. It's not no. by being the loudest in the block. No. Not, sometimes it's not by being um, deliberately, like you are, you, are, you are eating with your friends in the lunchroom at work. And that is the best place you have discovered to pray your, your, your tongues. <laughs> you get it. God is not against praying, but at that time you're supposed to fellowship and have conversation. So, so, so you are not supposed to be praying tongues at that time. You are rather exposing yourself to at, at the moment that is not necessary. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so I mentioned two: ability to accomplish their goals, and then ability to flourish and multiply. Now, if you were to take this and apply it to your own life, right? I mean, your day-to-day -day life. Like I said, everything starts, everything starts with having Christ at the center. The fact that you are supposed to be a disciple of Christ and a witness of Christ. Having that at the back of your mind. And one of the things you are seeking to do is that it is your goal to be able to remain relevant 
as a Christian into the in the in the current age. None. Christianity will never be extinct because there's no other institution that preaches peace and forgiveness. Yes. You try some of the other religion. You don't like Christianity, try another religion. When you offend the deity, that when you offend the deity, the things you are supposed to bring before you are forgiven, <laughs> bring a chicken that has not eaten <laughs> for seven days, a chicken with no feathers on it, a lot of complex things. Yeah. And, and even that one, I heard one story whereby the chicken will be thrown into water and if the chicken in the water, the chicken lies belly up. Wow. Okay. Then you are forgiven. Hey. If the chicken doesn't lie belly up, you are not forgiven. You have to go and buy another chicken and oh. another one. Because, but you, you, you cannot control the, the movement of the water and and, and, and and what is going to happen to the chicken. In shock. Yes. <laughs> So the current, the current is coming like this, and, and then you are praying, oh, chicken, because for all you know, <laughs> your last, uh, I don't know how much a, a chicken costs, like a live chicken, the, the, your last amount of money you used to buy that thing, and now this chicken must lie belly up. That is a sign of forgiveness. <laughs> you get, you get. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, there are people standing on the side of the river ready with chicken to sell to you. Wow, it's part of a, a whole enterprise business. business. Yes, now if you go, in case you think I'm blasting Africa, go to some of these Asian countries where they believe in reincarnation, where you keep paying for your sins. First, you come as a human being, and if you don't finish paying for your sins, you may come as a tree hmm. or you may come as a lizard. Right. And as a lizard, what hope does a lizard have? Oh, Especially oh. if you grew up in certain parts of the world. Hey. Why little boys go throwing stones and lizards and killing them? Okay. So you may die prematurely without uh, paying for your sins. And then you come back now as an ant. Hey. Hey. As an ant. An ant. <laughs> so you see, it's not, it's not, it's not easy anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's not anywhere. Actually, we got it. We have it easier. That Christ has paid for our sins, and all you need to do is to repent and call on Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When you start with the message of Christ, which is very relevant for our age, and you begin to practice it, and the principles that will make you survive as a Christian, the same principles will make you survive as a worker, make you survive Amen. as a husband, make you survive as a wife, make you survive as anything that you are, even in your secular life, it transfers to it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But very often, we have forgotten about the commission of Christ. And we have become so preoccupied with our own personal lives. And mm -hmm. so when the scripture comes, we immediately jump to, okay, the serpent of the, uh, the wisdom of the serpent. How can I use the wisdom of a serpent as a student? Of course, you can use it as a student. But let's start first with the centrality of the verse and its application to the calling of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, the Apostle Paul, I mean, talk about persistence and resilience. Somebody who was stoned, he, he was stoned in a certain city, I forget the city, maybe Debbie or Lystra, he and um, Salas. Yes. 
After Paul parted company with Barnabas, the next thing was that Paul and Silas have been arrested and beaten. So I'm sure Barnabas was saying, thank God. <laughs> if I was with him, I would have been beaten. Anyway, Paul and Silas beat, beat up, but then they go back to the same place where they were beat up. Do you mm. get it? Yeah. To encourage the brethren, and then they come out. Then he enters Philippi. He preaches, and then he's thrown to, into jail. He and Silas again. You know, they, 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 they are thrown into jail for preaching Christ. Mm. All of that, he didn't become bitter. Hallelujah. Imagine. The Bible said, the Bible said, Paul and Silas prayed and worshipped God in the night. Mm. And as they prayed and worshipped God, the Bible said there was an earthquake. Mm. And when the earthquake happened, the Bible said, the prison doors were open. And all the cuffs on their hands, the chains were loose. Yeah. And the jailer, the chief warden, took out his sword, about to kill himself. Do you get it? Why is he about to kill himself? Because he's assuming that all the prisoners have run away. Yeah. If the mm. prisoners have run away, how is he going to account to his uh, officers? So he's about to kill himself. But Paul and Silas did not run away. And Paul said, hold it. Mm. We are all here. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what Paul talked to the other prisoners not to also leave. But so think about somebody who has been jailed unjustly. The natural way of thinking would be, you know what? It serves them right. If he kills himself, that's up to him. But he rather... He rather took advantage of the situation and, and led that man to Christ. Amen. When, he, when the guy noticed that they didn't run away, and then um, he asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? In the midst of a Philippian jail, while little rats were nibbling on his toes, he did not forget, he did not forget who he was as a representative of Christ. Sometimes in the middle of a difficulty, right? Sometimes in the middle of our stresses of life, because of our stresses, we forget our, our identity. Mm. Amen. 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 And, so, and so Paul was always conscious of who he was. Now, there is one place which is a bit surprising that Paul had what you may call a Timbuktu moment. Mm. <laughs> if you know okay. that statement that people say Timbuktu what you've done against me the Lord will repay you repay you know that song <laughs> Timbuktu there's a place where Paul didn't pray Paul did not pray for Alexander the coppersmith yes. Paul the man of peace and forgiveness he did not pray for Alexander the coppersmith in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, let's look at that scripture. And I'm saying that to draw your attention to something. Mm. Alexander the Coppersmith did me much harm. So, so, so when we read 14, just pause here for a moment. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. So now, every day person, when you tell somebody, somebody has done you much harm, 
What are some of the harm? You let me just finish with this verse. Okay, may the Lord repay him according to his works, which is why I'm saying it's a Timbuktu moment, right? Mm -hmm. Alexander the Coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. Now bring it. Uh, um, let me see the people's faces, and then we'll, we'll go back. We'll continue the, the scripture. Okay. okay. So, so, so let me throw it to you. When somebody is saying somebody has done me much harm, right? What are some of the harm Alexander the Coppersmith could have done to him? Don't, don't think too spiritual. I just think every day, like somebody is very angry. Somebody has really done me much harm. What are some of the things that could, could be listed? His reputation. He, he has reputation. somebody spot your reputation. He has said things you haven't done. Okay. I mean, think of much harm that somebody can do, not, not to you. I mean, we pray against somebody doing you harm. But when people say, say it again. Gossiping. Gossiping. Somebody has gossiped about yeah. you. Yeah, hey, it's painful. You haven't seen some before. People, somebody can say something about you that is the opposite of who you are. Okay, what else? Somebody Much tell harm. about you today, immigration. Hey! Much harm. <laughs> that, that's much harm. That is much harm. That is very, very serious harm. Very serious harm. Yeah. Somebody dips you out of money. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somebody swindles you. Yeah. Much harm. There are certain harm people do that. I, I don't, uh, for, because of farm protocol, I don't want to say it. Man. Like, a harm, there's certain harm that somebody does you, do you, I, I think, I don't want to repeat, I don't want to, I don't want to say it. But, but I'm saying that when someone is very angry, and he says someone has done them harm, you, 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 you don't think about what we are going to discover in verse 15. You don't think about those things. No. So now let's go to 14 and then we'll roll it to 15. Alexander the Coppersmith, he's mentioning his name specifically. Not Alexander the Carpenter, not Alexander the, the, the farmer, not Alexander the one who used to, you know, uh, sell eggs. Alexander the Coppersmith did me much harm. Then he asked, may the Lord repay him according to his words. Now, mm. what were these words? What harm would, did this man do to Paul? The answer is in verse 15. It says, you also must beware of him. So he's warning Timothy. Wow. For he has greatly done what? Resisted our words. Wow. Alexander mm. the Coppersmith resisted the message of Paul. He resisted the preaching. Mm. This is to Paul, to Paul. This is the greatest harm somebody can do to him. Mm. You, If somebody says something bad about you, you know, like... Uh, I mean, your, your reputation is so important to you. In fact, your reputation is more important to you than the, the message of Christ. Oh. <laughs> so that even when a pastor is preaching and they use something about you as an example, you are angry. Hey. Hey. Preaching. Meanwhile, nobody knows the thing is you that hey. they are talking about. Nobody even knows it's you. Hey. But maybe uh, somehow it's resembles something that has happened in your life. So you are angry. Meanwhile, Jesus Christ hang on the cross naked. Mm. His nakedness was shown to the world and he saved the world by his nakedness. 
Is it possible that something about you can be used as an example for the preaching so that it will become practical, so that people will get it, so that it will not be like uh, mystical things? Mm. So if so long as your name is not mentioned and it's being used as an example, don't be angry because the emphasis ought to be the message, as a matter of fact, even something bad happened to you can be a source of healing for others. Yes. Because the Bible said by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. When he was receiving those stripes, do you think it felt like he healing? No. But his stripes became healing for those of us who came afterwards. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The wisdom of the serpent, I'm still honing it in down for us not to lose a glimpse of what our purpose is. Mm. Because seven reasons why serpents are considered wise. Wise unto what? Wise unto accomplishing what we have been sent to do. Now, after we have done that, or in the midst of doing that, the same wisdom will help you handle your, your home affairs. Amen. Because after you have counseled the Christian sister and told her, told her to uh, be patient with the husband, the husband who throws his socks everywhere in the house, husband who doesn't, and you, you advise the Christian sister about that. When you come home, how many know that when you are being harsh with your wife, you too, it, 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 the, the memory will come to your mind that, ah, but the same mm. patience you are teaching the sister, don't mm. you think it would be nice also to practice it? So that, mm. so that you will see that, you will see that when you work for Christ, you actually end up benefiting because yeah. the principles that you are applying in doing the work, you will see that it applies at your workplace. Yeah. Amen. It applies in your family life. It applies in your relationship. It applies everywhere. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's add a couple of other um, wisdom. We are talking about the wisdom of serpents. Yes. Seven reasons why serpents are considered wise. Reason number one. Serpents are considered to be wise because they have multiplied and flourished more than any other wild animal. So as a Christian, it must be our goal to multiply and flourish. Amen. Which Amen. is where church growth comes in. Which is where inviting people to church comes in. Do you get it? And then, number seven, serpents are considered to be wise because of their ability to accomplish their goals in this world. In spite of all the odds stacked against the snakes, they are able to live, eat, and multiply. So accomplishing your goals, it has to be measured by the difficulty or the challenges that you had in accomplishing your goals. Amen. So somebody is able to do much, but it may be because they didn't have any difficulties. Mm. But you are able to do little, at least you try to do something in spite of your difficulties. So, so when you look at the life of the serpent, the serpent taught us until the first night, that Chalak night, that they are masters at overcoming their handicaps. Do you get it? Yes. They are masters at overcoming their handicaps. If you don't deliberately, if you don't deliberately make up your mind that I choose not to be a victim. <laughs> I mm. choose, I choose not to dwell on what I don't have. <coughs> In fact, I have very little. I have very little. I have a lot of 
disabilities, but I will still do my best with what I have, and I will seek to multiply and do more. People who have that mentality, they are very different from people who are always crying about one thing or another that they don't, that they don't have. Or people who are always crying about the fact that they are the most pitiable about among all people. Are you listening to me? Yes. It's a mindset. It's a way of thinking. That you, you don't look at life as a series of... Um, as for me... As for me, my situation is, look at my situation, you know. Every time you're talking about your situation, you dwell so much on your situation that you don't even see anything else out there. And then when God brings something your way, you won't even notice it. So the ability to overcome obstacles is linked. It's linked to the ability to multiply and accomplish your goals. Look at the church. We, we are not meeting physically in the church, but we are having church. Yes. Do you see? Which brings me to this other point. Serpents. Hmm. Point, point number three. Serpents are considered to be wise because they have continued to exist in an ever-modernizing world. Yes. Ever modern as well, you will notice that many wild animals are becoming extinct in a modern world. You see, in the ancient world, what is the big difference between what is the big difference between the ancient world and now? There's something called urbanization. Yes. Is that not so? Yes. Yeah. So you have you have um when the building of cities that it is taking away the natural habitat of the animals. So animals have to keep going and keep going and keep going further away. Now, in the initial stages of the pandemic, you might remember certain cities of the world, I said, what's up going around? Certain cities of the world, the animals, when, when people stepped out of town, yeah. when the downtown were empty, kangaroos took over in some places. Yeah. Mm. In fact, there's one WhatsApp video that's like a country road. Somebody is going home. And now wild animals have come and congregated in the middle of the road. And they don't seem to be afraid of the car. Do you get it? Yeah. I think it was elephant, a number of elephants. They think the car is a fellow elephant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because remember, they used to live there. They used to live there. And you and I came to push them out away. That's so true. you see that. The, the, the building of cities is an attack on the animal life. Yeah. Mm. But, and many animals are getting nice. And in some places, it's not just the building of cities, there's a direct poaching of animals, direct killing of animals for all kinds of things. But somehow, the serpent has learned how to adapt. Mm. There's something called adaptation for progress. The, the, this wisdom key of the serpent is the ability to adapt and evolve. Just like we are having church using the, the means that are available to us in our current states. And one day, when we go back to the physical church building, the online church can become a second service, can become Amen. a second Amen. church. Yes. Do you see? Amen. Whereas some people who cannot adapt will say, well, I don't want to come to a church. I, I, I don't want to come to a church that, uh, I, I, as a matter of fact, in, ch in church, when, when, when we are in normal church, 
even when they are showing the songs on the what do you call it um projector yeah. and, and even if i don't even if you don't know the songs you can go and then nobody can see <laughs> but if we are doing this zoom thing everybody sees your face <laughs> so, so as for me i will not come on camera Ah, it's not really hiding. You see, you have to learn to adapt. Adaptation for progress. You see, the serpent has learned how to adapt to the, the modernizing of the world. Yeah. And the world yeah. is changing. Many things are changing. But if you don't learn to adapt, and you see how what I'm saying is not just applicable for church. For your own personal life. Mm. I mean, you, you grew up, you grew up that your father likes fufu and soup. And he eats it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Hey, and you true. grew up also, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> also on the same diet. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, you say you want uh, an island. Yeah, I want island. And your, your wife understands an island. Like a a, 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 a a a piece of mountain with a, a water around it. That's your fufu. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you see, here now we are in America. You can't have this fufu every day. <laughs> I mean, you two at the same time. At the same time, your standards are so high that you've told your wife that the soup you don't want yesterday's soup. No, no, you no. You want no, the no. soup yes. to be fresh. <laughs> you want the soup to be fresh for you every day. You want fresh soup. Wow. Look, <laughs> what a wife. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, she, she's as busy as you are. And mm. it's not that she's saying she's not going to do the fufu for you, but it cannot be the same way your dad had it. Mm. No. <laughs> See, you, you, you forgotten that the house you grew up in, there were seven, or, or let me not exaggerate, there were at least two house helps who were in the house mm -hmm. helping. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. You, you cry one day, ask you to help. You 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 pull your upper lip like this. You didn't want to help. You didn't want to feed the compound. And simple things you ask the house help to do. But now you've come to America. Hey. And you still want to practice this fufu regime <laughs> with no adaptation. <laughs> do you get it? No adaptation. Look, I'm not bashing fufu. I'm from the place where they eat fufu a lot. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not but what I'm saying is that sometimes you need to adapt to changing so so, so 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 that I mean like one guy one guy he said one guy he said uh if you give me pizza make sure it is lunch because if 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 you order pizza if because of the schedule that we couldn't cook do you get it if you couldn't cook because of the schedule and you're ordering pizza for the kids, make sure it is lunch because in my mind, this is what somebody said, though, listen to me. In my mind, pizza, if I eat pizza as dinner, it means I have not eaten. Hey. <laughs> pizza is more like lunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lunch. You haven't you haven't seen something before. You haven't you haven't seen something before where Somebody has nothing in the house. Mm. One brother, his wife told his wife told uh, told him. Uh, oh, Bishop even mentioned it recently. I'm trying to remember. I think I think what happened was that she gave she gave 
the, the, the husband rice, which was mm. freshly cooked. Do you get it? Yeah. And then the stew was from the fridge. Very cold. <laughs> but she didn't warm it. She didn't warm the stew. Uh-huh. And so she put the stew. You remember Bishop said it recently. She yes. put the soup, uh, the, the, the stew on the on the rice. And when the husband tried it, yeah, and the soup was cold, and he, he said, excuse me, like a, a, a classist <laughs> student lifting his hand up. <laughs> the wife said, oh, can't you see that the, 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 the rice is warming the soup? The rice is hot. What's your problem? <laughs> What's your problem? What a shock. So, 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 so the rice is warming as you are eating. So he said, keep eating. As you are eating, it will get warmer and warmer. Yeah. Look. Wow. Some people, this is this is somebody's life. Oh. This is somebody's <laughs> life. So so I'm not I'm not approving that. That is not a good example of adaptation for progress. <laughs> So if you had a sister that did that, change your mind immediately before okay. something bad happens to you. But what I'm saying is that sometimes when people control, they, they <laughs> no I know I could not say. <laughs> when people complain, they don't realize that they actually have it good. They have what they have is not too bad. Amen. 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 Now let's look at let's look at the scripture, Philippians chapter four. Amen. Let's read Philippians four and thirteen which is a scripture everybody loves. In fact, even one boxer was uh, was his favorite scripture. I think I hear it was even the uh, Holy Fool's uh, favorite scripture. Philippians 4.13. Look at this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that a good scripture? Yes. Great. Is it something that we should confess more often that yes. you can do all yeah. things through Christ who strengthens Christ you? Strengthens Is that also? Yes. What people yeah. don't realize, my dear Christian brother, my dear Christian sister, is that the verse before, let's go to verse 12. This is Apostle Paul speaking. Maybe let's add verse 11. Let's add verse 11. Let's do 11 and 12. Okay. Now, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned, listen to this, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. We are talking about adaptation. We are talking about the wisdom of the serpent to adapt to the modernizing world. No, no, hold on. So verse, verse 11 again. Okay. Paul is saying he has learned. It's a wisdom. It's a wisdom key. He has learned in whatever state he was to be content. Amen. But as for us, all we do is complaining. Mm. Never contented ever with anything. Oh. The wisdom of the serpent to adapt is that you should know when to stop complaining and say it is well. It is good. Amen. One of the things my mom used to say all the time, it's good. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. So I grew up with a positive mentality because she always pumped this thing in me. Do you get it? That yeah. does not mean that you won't strive for a better life, but mm-hmm. you learn to enjoy and be uh, accept and be happy with, be content with what you have. It's a wisdom Amen. key of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Let's Amen. go to 12. 
even as we try to wind down, verse 12. Uh, this is Paul. I know how to be abased mm. and I know how to abound. Man. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Wow. Both to abound and to suffer need. You mm. need to be able to survive. That when food has not been served, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Otherwise, how are you going to uh, survive the, the fasting period? Mm. Don't don't let your shakings come. Some people, when they're hungry, their shakings come like this. <laughs> you can, you can, it's like they're shaking. It's like a, a type of fit, fit comes on them. Yeah. Paul is saying, I know how to abase and how to abound. Yeah. Which also means that you are not always going to have it lavishly. Mm. If you go to a place, Pastor Eugene, one day you have some branches. Amen. And if you go to visit a branch to preach and they give you a room which is not very, what you quote unquote, nice. Right. I mean, they, they give you a room where the best sheep even looks. You know the difference between white and off-white? Sometimes you can't tell whether it was originally white and it has downgraded to off-white. Sometimes you can't tell. And then you look at the atmosphere. Don't get angry. Pastor, you don't get angry. Because you should know how to abase yes. and how to abandon. Amen. Enjoy it. Amen. If they give you rice, Scores to you, and they tell you it's warm, it just eat it hey. and just go and eat happy, yeah. no bitterness. Man. Because another time you go to a place where they will put you in a top class hotel, yeah. but yeah. you see, that's not what you are looking for. You just know when they give it to you, enjoy it. When you don't have it to, you are okay. Amen. That being ability to adapt is how the snake survives. Yes, because a snake can stay in the desert where there's no water and stay there for a long time and survive. Mm. As Christians, as we are coming into a world where many, many things are not how it used to be, we have to adapt to an ever modernizing world. Amen. Put your hands together and let us pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for your help. Amen. Bless this message. Help us grow and be wise as serpents. Let's take an offering. Heavenly Father, we present to you of what you have given us even as a token of our love and appreciation for the promotion of the kingdom of God. May you receive our offerings. May you bless it. May it be multiplied. And may we have more to give to support your work in the name of Jesus. Amen.